Hey friends, welcome to this very first episode. My name's Rob Cott. What you're about to hear is me asking Jamie about the work he does. I've been watching Jamie help people through TikTok for a few months now, and I'm excited to share and explore this awesome human being with you, what Jamie knows, how he thinks, and how he goes about sharing that information. If you're unfamiliar with who Jamie Ryder is, he is a CEO turned TikTok influencer in the character development, abuse, and mental health space. This podcast will probably evolve as Jamie and I start trying different types of content, but for these first few episodes, you'll be following my journey as I ask Jamie questions about narcissism. Hello, everybody. My name is Rob Cott. I am helping Jamie record a podcast. Jamie, hello. Hello. How are you? I'm very, very good. I'm super excited about this. It's kind of on the fly. We don't really know where this is going to go. No. And that seems to be the style that's working for us. Because I don't really know anything about narcissists, I had to Google it two weeks ago to find out what it was. Now, I found out that I did know what a narcissist was, but I just hadn't really dealt with him very much. So I'm curious to throw questions at Jamie and to find out exactly what they are, who they are, what they do, how they breathe, how they eat, all these sorts of things, <laughs> who they hang out with, where they hang out with, why they exist, where and how they function in society. And there's some really simple answers to all of that, because to every single one of your questions just then, the things that you want to know about, they do it better, smarter, faster, more efficiently, more profitably than anyone you've ever met in your life. Okay. All right. So I'm going to have no chance of meeting or finding out what a narcissist is because they're just so good. They are better than good. So then I guess this first episode, this very first little bit, I would be very curious um, to find out exactly what is a narcissist. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's probably two definitions of a narcissist. Um, and there's one that's the clinical definition. Narcissism uh, is a personality disorder in which a person has an inflated sense of self-importance. And that really lets them off quite lightly because there's so much more to that. You know, yes, they have an inflated self, you know, sense of self-importance. They have an excessive need for admiration. They have a total disregard for the emotional feelings of other people. They have this grandiosa sense and presence about them, which is to the level of arrogance. They have a deep need for excessive attention. They lack empathy and they're as arrogant as hell. They sound like absolutely lovely people. Well, I mean, this, this and, and this is what makes this episode so intriguing. Yes. Well, see, that's something that I've learned. They do have very long relationships and you've mentioned that they... Well, they're just very good at slow burning those. Like they're in them for a very long time and they seem to groom their spouses or their partners or their friends or their dogs. Do they have dogs? Do they have, can you be narcissistic to a dog? Uh, I believe so. Okay. So, yeah. Why, like, maybe, well, okay. So are we going to come up with a story? Because I think that I feel that people really enjoy stories and really enjoy listening to the stories of real life events. So do you have maybe an example that comes to mind of a narcissistic relationship that you can maybe explain to people who like me, who don't really know what it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nope. Which end of the spectrum would you like me to go? <laughs> um, Cause so- there's everything from, um, you know, they'll take a relationship, you know, to the, to the more shallow parts of hell and you'll always get to hell. Um, but then they go further than that and okay. they push people well and truly beyond hell. Because hell, in order to be in hell, um, there's a requirement of some level of soul where the narcissist at the worst degree wants to suck any remaining soul out of out of their host that they possibly can. Right. So kind right. of, you know, if, if I threw one in the middle, um, 
Now, well, let's, well, let's, okay, let's break it up into those three sections in those three levels of narcissism, of a narcissist, the, the three levels that narcissists can play at. Yeah, sure. Is that maybe like a good descriptor? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to have to be creative um, because I, I tend to put them, I haven't, I haven't got three official ones, but we can create that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's maybe start with the low level <laughs> narcissist. Should we give a name to them? We call them the, uh, um, I don't know, the shallow narcissist. No, then maybe that's more to a descriptor. Like what would you name this, this type? If you were to give it a an image in your head and then name that image, that object, say maybe it's an object. What would, what would you describe this person as? <laughs> I've got a lot of descriptive words <laughs> to describe them. Um, but I mean, they are like the soul sucker. That's, that's what I would say. They at the lowest s- level. At the lowest level, they will suck. They're not happy until you have no self-worth. At, at the first degree, they want your entire self-worth. Okay. So then what does that look like through behavior? Like what, what would this person do to get that for themselves? Well, the first, the first thing that they have to do, they create themselves a false ego and it's all about feeding this false ego that can never eat enough. So the first thing that a narcissist has to do is gain trust from the host. And this is the lowest level. This is, this is the lowest level. This is just the entry level. Right. Right. So they have to have to gain trust. So the first thing they do typically is give trust. The quickest way to gain someone's trust. And remember, this is a slow burn. Narcissism, you know, people that go, I've been in a relationship with a narcissist for two months and I'm I'm burnt and out the other side. It's like, if it only went two months, you weren't with a narcissist. Or alternatively, you're not burnt. They might be abusive. They may have narcissistic traits. But a narcissist will get their hooks into you and it's, they play the long game, all right? So, so they have to gain trust. So they give it. The first thing they do is they give it and they give it to you at a personal level because they need that connection and they will play emotional blackmail. They may even come in with a sense, a sense initially of vulnerability, Mm. but it's just a sense. Okay. It's not reality. Is there a story that maybe like, I'm just trying to picture it for myself. I'm trying to put myself in that position. I've just entered, say a new, a new friend's house. I've just met this person, they're a neighbor. I've just moved to a new neighborhood and I've met this person in the street, walking my dog. Hey, how you going? Oh, hi. My name's Jim. Oh, I'm Rob. Nice to meet you. And Jim's like, mate, oh, I just got this awesome, I don't know. I got this awesome fountain, this, this front garden fountain. You should come around and have a look. I, I see that you have a, a fountain as well in your house. Uh, and then I, you know, I enter the house and I, I start chatting with Jim and his, and his, his partner, which is also whose name is also Jim. No, okay. No, that's going to be confusing. <laughs> um, so uh, Ken, Jim and Ken. Uh, what would be the first, like, this is the low level. What would be the thing that I would observe with um, how Jim behaves in front of Ken? See, the thing is, it's not the observer. That's the thing with narcissism. They can hide all of that. The observer doesn't get to see it as much. They'll get to see it years later, mm. but they don't get to see it at the start. Okay. So then I've hung out with Jim and Ken, lovely folks. Um, they have a cool dog. I did check out the waterfront. It was very nice. Yes. <laughs> uh, I've left. And now Jim and Ken are left alone. Well, before you left, they probably would have let you know that that fountain was a little better than yours. Right, right. It would be subtle. Right. Be subtle. Right. It would be said directly, but there'd be a tone. Everything is going to be just that little bit faster, a little bit better, a little bit quicker, a little bit bigger. You got two, I got three. You did it twice, I did it four times. Right. You climbed it in that time, I climbed it in this time. You did skydiving, I did skydiving and scuba diving. Okay, so I've left. And what's like some of the behaviors that now Jim would show to Ken? Now, this again, low level, low level narcissist. Low level? Yeah. Um, they're, they're, without doubt, 
there would be some reference to something that was said, a look that was given. Oh, so me, me standing in that in that kitchen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like the, the, I'm going to bring you down. All right. Remember the shock and awe. All right. So the shock and awe tactic is all about creating an emotion up here, you know, of stress and anxiety and fear and so forth, and then relieving it. Right. So I'm now going to put a guilt trip on you. So that's what the narcissist will start doing one way or another. So they would be you like... Know, um, you didn't support me in a conversation that we had. Okay. You made, you made me look silly. Right. Oh, listen, I overheard you saying this and that wasn't actually quite right. You know, uh, you sounded a bit silly when you, you uh, know, okay. uh, yeah. you know, have you put on a bit of weight? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right? Something. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Depending yep. on what part of the, the journey they've traveled, it will be something. Like it's just, this is the thing with a narcissist. It's a mil, it's death by a thousand cuts. So it's one subtlety after the next subtlety after the next subtlety. It's one of those compliments when you've actually had time to think about it. You're like, hang on a minute. <laughs> what just happened there? It would be good to start the story to know that uh, Ken and Jim have been in a relationship for how long? They get, pa- they get past the trust. This is where I was going with the trust side of it. They get past that trust barrier. Right. right? When, when they've established the right level of trust, Okay, then then it's just subtleties. At this stage, it's just negative reinforcement. <laughs> okay, so if we move on to the mid-level narcissist, the mid-level narcissist. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's say I I'm in the mountains. I enjoy going outdoors quite a bit, and I'm going for a walk. And um, it's quite a you know like oh god, I'm trying to paint a picture in my head. I'm in the cathedral ranges. Sure. Yeah. And I'm going up towards the ridgeline and there's lots of trees and I'm walking under the trees and I'm kind of hanging out with my friend and we're walking up to the top and then we see this couple ahead and we kind of hear them talking. Um, but as we get closer, you know, it's the, usually the friendly hikers greeting and you know, how are you doing? They're just sitting on a log eating a sandwich, you know, having a bit of lunch and we kind of chat for five minutes and then we kind of move on. And again, I'm like, <laughs> I'm imagining entering the scene and I'm like, ah, Hello, Nark. Uh, <laughs> like, no. but no, that doesn't exist because they're master manipulators. No, you'll be you'll be looking. You'll walk away, and you'll go, "Wow, that Nark was an amazing person." Right, right. Because of that quick, how brief- friendly was he? A man has he achieved a lot? Right. Okay. Seems like <gasps> such a successful. Oh person. wait, I just my brain just exploded because I know a Nark. There you go. Wait, no, like you just okay, you touched on something. Like okay, so there's this guy. <laughs> there's this guy in an office I used to work at. And I just couldn't understand why he behaved the way he did. Um, and the conversations I had with him, I just, I just found I had no time for this guy. And, I, and no one had time for him. So I was a co-working space and everyone was an individual sole trader and, you know, you could work wherever you wanted. Yep. And I felt really sorry for him. But every time I engaged in a conversation with him, yeah, like it's pretty much as you describe. While I've been talking to Jeremy, I've been trying to figure out ways of people that I know that maybe fit this like extreme version of, because we before we were talking about extreme, yep. which we will get to, and I just couldn't picture anyone. So I don't know, just as a slight epiphany. So now I have this reference um, who I will now possibly, no, I won't put his real name in. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, sorry, I digress. Yeah. So I've now spoken to, and I've met this, this guy, this lovely guy, yes. these lovely hikers. Their names are Chris and Jess. Yep. I just recently learned. Yep. Chris had some really nice hiking boots, which I, scarpers, which I really enjoy talking about. And who's the narc? Um, just to set the scene? Well, I don't know, but Jess was very, like, very talkative. Yep. And she seemed to, um, 
yeah, she's the one who approached us and kind of like led the conversation in a way. Yep. So I don't know, would Jess be the, the narc in that situation? Is she would, would narcs used to be more outgoing in, in say they are? Yeah, no, no, quite possibly. You know, if one of them is, you know, I'm thinking at this point in time that Jess is. Has Chris smashed Jess down at this point? You know, where are they in the cycle of shock and awe? You know, has has this walk, why, why are we out here? Um, has he just pumped up her tyres because he's in the manipulation and taken her on this beautiful trip and this trek and planned this day because he has something in store? Previously, before making this this audio recording, Jamie mentioned that most men, predominantly men, are narcissists. Yes. Um, I'm going to leave that for the extreme narcissist at the end. Yep. So we're still at mid-level narcissist. Yep. Let's say Jess is the narcissist. Sure. What, what, what? So we've just had this lovely conversation. We've left. We're hiking up to the ridgeline. What, what happens next? What, what does Jess do to, to Chris? Well, there would probably be some level of reference like, gee, you were rude. I had to start all the conversation. And then there would be a story of grandeur of what happens if something would have happened and lucky I was here to start the relationship. You see, if you don't start relationship and there'd be an education process, something like that. Wait, okay, so there's no length of time for the level of this mid-narcissist. They could have got to this point after a year of dating or they could have got to this point after five years. I mean, it's a long game. It's constant. It doesn't stop. But some of them, even at this mid-level, will have much bigger flare-ups when they have their tanty. If you expose their false ego, you put a mirror in front of them, they're terrified of that. Oh, right. Okay. Their kryptonite is your strength. That's why they put you into this state. They develop the trust. They constantly have you in shock and awe. So your hormone levels, your cortisol levels are always quite high, which makes you illogical and irrational in your thinking. That's how they manipulate the situation. That's how they get you to a point where you're doing things that you never believed you would ever do. You've moved away from friends. You've moved away from family. You're wearing certain clothes. You're allowing videos to be taken. You're, you know, of your comings and goings. You're, you know, you're completely manipulated at this point. Your self-worth is down. Right? It's this shock and awe, constant shock and awe. The emotions are up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, and it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. The, the, the reality is, um, unlike, unlike other levels of abuse where you, you're kind of looking for that trigger point um, where at this, you know, when, when you're deep into it, most of the victims of a narcissist will avoid that at all costs. They know where the triggers are and they're going to avoid it at all, all costs. Um, they're so broken down, they're so lacking in self-worth um, that they're not. They're going to. They're fighting for scraps. They're fight. It's almost like a little, the tiniest representation of love and affection from these narcs is no different to you know you spearfish, right? Imagine going down. You're tracking the fish. You almost got this fish, and you've gone a little bit more than you should have, and then you come to the the surface, gagging for air, only to find a foot on the top of your head. But then they just allow your snorkel to break the surface for that tiny little bit for you to exhale with the last bit of oxygen in your lung and to that little water that's in the snorkel, Mm. right? Knowing that you're going to breathe in and half it'll be salt water, right? But you'll take that breath. Mm. And the expectation is when you take that tiny little breath that you praise the ground I walk on. This is mid-level narcissist. (laughs) Mid-level. Oh my God. Okay. All right. Um, so thanks for sharing that. I think that, um, yeah, yep, yep. Even though we've had this conversation already, I, I'm still learning. Let's move on to Paul and Sarah. So, so you, you've, you've traveled through all levels. 
usually how, how long is a relationship when you've got to this level of narcissism? Oh, listen, this could happen, you know, in, in that first decade. So you might get to this chronic level, you know, within year seven, eight, nine. Right. You know, I mean, it can happen earlier. The levels don't necessarily relate to the duration. And in fact, sometimes the worse the narcissist is, um, it might come out a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're beaten to a pulp. Like the victims of this, um, you know, and I don't call them victims when I'm talking to them. As soon as I'm talking to them, I call them survivors. But we came up with a name for it. Uh, what, what, what was it? A food source. Yeah, they're a food source. Yeah. Yeah. They're an absolute food source for the narcissist. The duration varies dramatically. Um, and sometimes the more severe it is, the earlier it comes on. Right. Which is ironic. But it's like because you, you throw narciss- narcissism with mental abuse, which, which is what it is, but overloaded with it, mm. with physical abuse, so the altercations are getting beyond verbal, and sexual abuse, where the women are being sexually assaulted constantly. So, okay, so if we just reverse down to mid-level, what would sexual abuse from mid-level look like, and what would physical mid-level abuse look like? In, in that mid-level, um, I, I kind of put, as soon as they start getting physical at mid-level, is it's a very threatening posture. Okay. So they're, they're loud, obnoxious, you know, behind closed doors. They can be pushing, shoving, minor level, physical. I mean, that, that's, I hate using that term, but, you know, more, you know, they're not necessarily striking. Okay. They might be pushing and shoving. There might be a bit of, you know, which is absolutely disgusting. Mm. Um, but as soon as it goes past that, I call it major. Mm. So this person, <clears throat> the, the food source is feeling very unsafe, even though nothing's happened potentially. But they just know that something's not right, and that they are. Oh no, they are. They they they're terrified. Right. Okay. They're terrified. Right. Right. There's a difference. Mid level, they're terrified. Um, beginning level, they're scared. Right. Right. They they're confused. They're scared. They're they feel vulnerable. They feel worthless. You know, mid level. You know, no, no, no. It's horrific. They're terrified, um, and so forth. When you get you go. So what's what's beyond terrified? You go. There's a point beyond terrified where you go, no, you are regularly getting beaten and sexually abused. Like it's horrific. Mm. It's beyond terror because it's real. It's, it's just so real. Mm. And they get to a point where they don't even know that it's wrong. The food source or the, the food source? Right. Okay. Okay. So if we paint a picture, if we go back up to level three, narcissist. Yeah. We've got Paul and Sarah. Paul's a narcissist. And they've just walked into the office and it's kind of towards the end of the day. So there's not many people there. And I kind of observe this person. So this is kind of a true story. Yeah. Um, so I had, I had known this person for a while. Um, I've been working at the office for a while and I had the first interaction, actually <laughs> the first interaction I had with this fella is I was just like, wow, he's done so many things. Yeah. Um, so I met him in a group setting and I introduced him to the group. I was like, he has Paul. I mean, he's done a lot of stuff. Like he sounds like an awesome dude. And I looked over at the host who knows the space quite well and all the people there. And he kind of had this reaction. And I was just like, oh, well, I know that host. And that's an unusual reaction. Anyway, this is Paul. Nice to meet him. Yada, yada. So fast forward, obviously, I learned that I didn't have time for this man. And, you know, so I've been sorry for him. And so I didn't quite understand. And then he got a girlfriend. So this is over like three, four years of being in the space. And I just didn't understand how that happened because of the type of person he was and how he interacted with people in the space. 
I guess I'm, I'm standing there. There's everyone's left the office. It's just me. And I kind of get to interact and greet and say hello to his girlfriend. And it's a very, very brief interaction. I, it's almost, I can't really remember much of it because I, I just didn't have time for, I had time for his girlfriend. And I usually, I wanted to like find out who she is and have a bit of a chat, but I didn't feel comfortable in that situation. I remember that at least. So I just left it. And then I just left. Oh, you know, I went, but then, you know, they stayed back, they stayed back in the office. So like, what would be something, what would happen then in that situation? If like an extreme, like level three narcissism. Would On the extreme cases, and particularly when it's more getting towards its, its end life cycle where this relationship wasn't, um, you know, you, th- th- they do expose a lot more of their behavior, but it's still hidden because they're still feeding this false ego. And even if they're caught, they, 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 they don't believe they're caught. They will take their lives to the grave, like, <laughs> you know. So in, in that setting, you could expect anything. Um, typically, you can pick up, once you know it, you start picking up on the subtleties. So he will probably over-compliment her. Oh, so he, yeah, he's like, uh, Jess does these things. She's really Correct. good at this thing. Like, she's the best at this Check thing. Check me out. Okay, that did look, happen. A, look what's under my arm. Like, you got to be a real stallion to get a woman like that, right? And B... Don't believe a word she ever says. You see how well I treat her. Wait, what? That doesn't even make any sense to me, does it? Look at how amazing she is, but don't believe a word that she says. Yeah, he's not saying that. What he's doing, his actions, when when, when he's trying to convince you that he's amazing, so he wraps her up. He wants you to think there's a good-looking girl under his arm and she's amazing because an amazing man, narcissist, is going to have an amazing woman, right? Right. And she, behind closed doors, may come up to you and go, he's so horrible to me. And you're like, guy, every time I see you, he's just a thorough gentleman. He opens the doors. He tells you how good you are. tells you how amazing you are. What are you talking about? Mm. Make sense? Yeah. This is the manipulation. You, you look at an abusive relationship and you ask these same questions and you see abusive behavior. That's not a narcissist game, even if they're abusive. The narcissist can't have people walking around thinking that they're, a, thinking that they're evil, thinking that they're abusers. Mm. They will overcompensate on the other side. So everyone goes, what are you talking about? Like, But I think Paul was an extreme version. Like, no one Yes, but well, you're talking about in public. Narcissism is in in public. This is the flaw. And this is almost a really good point. Right. Like, because your line of questioning is looking for how they are in public. The narcissist hides that shit. They have everyone thinking the sun shines out of their ass. Because the food source is when they get home. Behind closed doors, in text messages, on the internet, with the camera feeds, with the clothes that you wear and how you do your hair and blah, 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 blah. These are the layers. The assault can be anything from a backhanded compliment all the way through to when they're sexually assaulting you, asking when they're finished, how good was that? Right. So let's talk about that. I think if you pulled some examples of some of the people that you've spoken to yeah. through the TikTok channel and through um, just the Rise program that you've been running, what would be an extreme version? Like what would consistently happen as sexual abuse at a level three narcissist? A woman has no right to say no would be a dint to his ego. You have to enthusiastically want me every time I demand it. It's horrific. I just can't picture it. I think that's where I keep coming at you from. I'm like, yeah. where I can't, how do I see? You, you're, your questioning is that of someone that doesn't know an answer. I just don't know. <laughs> how, how, to, how to think. Okay. So that's, I think that's good. And, and that's why I think I'm enjoying these conversations and I'm learning a lot from you, which is awesome. And I hope that the listeners as well will get a lot from this, from just from the, the tack that I'm taking and trying to find out more information from. Well, you. I think the most powerful thing that's happening here 
And for anyone that's suffered, you know, from a narcissist, is this is what they are experiencing. When you haven't been exposed to it, you don't get it. And you're assuming because of the behavior that is being demonstrated outside of the privacy of any environment, Mm. it's not just the home, Mm. of any environment, that it's not going on. And so much of it is just mental abuse. Narcissism is like death by a thousand cuts. It's a type of thing like, are you sick? No, I'm not sick. All oh, right. You're just a bit pale. And I've know. had those. Oh, I've had compliments. Oh, wait, compliments. I'm just going to call them compliments. I've had compliments like that where people are like, oh, Rob, did you put on a bit of weight? And this is what they do. Right. Okay. Right. Cool. Like, I, like, are you okay? Listen, let me make you a cuppa. Yeah. You know, you're not looking good. And you're like, well, I feel okay. But it's, it's, I mean, that's just an example, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's a million of these backhanded, where, where I'm lovingly telling you, I'm here to support you, Rob. I can see, you know, that you're struggling. I'm here to help you. You weren't struggling. You didn't need my help. You're perfectly okay. Mm, mm. But I'm lovingly giving you help. Mm. And you've got to remember, you're an empath. So I'm super susceptible. You're super. Oh, God. Okay. I'm glad I'm learning about this now. And, and, and you want to, and don't forget when, when you then get into a relationship and commit, all this, this stuff happens. I've got your trust first. You've handed your trust over. This isn't, this isn't before the trust. This mm. is after the trust. Right. And, the, and the trust at the start's a manipulation. Right. Where I'm going to demonstrate, you know, I'm going to use family, friends, situations, environments, work, colleagues, you know, friend, all, all this against you mm-hmm. because they're all going to think I'm awesome. Mm. So, yes, I, I think that my empathy has grown. So, I always, haven't always been an empath. I feel lucky in that way because when you describe those situations, I don't see that applying to myself. I don't see myself behaving like that. If I was in a situation like that, I would just be like, oh, cool. You're that type of person. I'll see you later. Yeah. And do you know what? Um, I re- like, I completely and utterly respect what you're saying. Yeah. It's not how it works. And you think you're armed. Right, right. They want a powerhouse. They want people like the people, they, the, the people that have suffered this, you know, I'm talking, you start digging into the background and you go, wow, like you, you're the real McCoy. I've got to be careful, um, you know, because obviously any, anyone that talks to me, it's, it's, I, I keep everything confidential and I'm trying to work out how I can describe this person. Um, it's like they're, they're holding significant positions. They're doing significant things in their life. Mm-hmm. They've achieved significance. Mm-hmm. You know, these are the women where you go, no woman's going to push, no one's going to push that woman around. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not talking about the Mary Poppins of the world. You know, yes, it happens to the Mary Poppins of the world because they're loving, compassionate, caring, and they get railroaded by everyone. Doesn't just happen to those people because it's so subtle. I don't have any statistics here, but with what I'm dealing with, for it to be in between 10 and 17 years is so common. Uh, Oh, the relationships last for 10 to 17 years. Okay, so I think that gives me um, a pretty good gauge on what a narcissist does, what a narcissist is. Um, I think that's a pretty good call for this first episode. Mm. I'll tell the listeners that we did try and record <laughs> a first episode. And I don't know if uh, I might throw these little snippets from the first episode into this episode. Sure. Just for a kicker. Um, Cause I think there was some very, um, you know, just some very sincere stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah, just I agree. normal human conversation. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for listening to this first, very first episode. Uh, my name's Rob Cott and I've been talking to Jamie. <laughs> I've been hanging out with Jamie Ryder. Thank you very much. And, and likewise, always good talking to you. Um, you can find Jamie at jamierider.com.au. Um, he's got his Rise program there uh, for anyone who needs assistance with the subject and many more. We're saying life coach. 
life coach. I do business coaching. I do a whole host of different things. Yeah. Check out the website. Just go have a look. Jamie is an amazing person and he's doing some awesome stuff for people out in the community. You should definitely check out his TikTok, JamieRider04, and as well as Instagram. What is your, what's your website? Right. I know it's robcott.com. Yeah. Um, Probably best to find me on LinkedIn. Which is Rob Cott. Yeah, just Rob Cott at LinkedIn. Yep. It'll come up. Thanks for listening. Love everyone. And we'll see you next week. Stay strong.